Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We need to stop living in the world and now live for Christ. Sarah gets it. He's got to go. She's got to go. And God says, yes, do what your wife, Sarah, has said. The line of the Jews will come through Isaac, not through Ishmael. Verse 13, And of the son of the maid, I will make a nation also. Yes, through Ishmael, the Arab nations will come. The Arabs that will be rivals to the Jews, and this battle will become an eternal battle all the way till today. Have you noticed how the Arabs and the Jews, they fight each other? Because Daddy chose. He rejected Ishmael, and the Arabs are upset and hate the Jews because they've been thrown out, and the Jews have the land of Israel. And you know what? The Arabs are like, we want Daddy's home. We want Daddy's land. We want the promises of God. I'm sorry. But God has chosen because he is your descendant. He's going to be the line. He's going to be the heir. Verse 14. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar, kind of a skin container thermos, if you will, of water, putting them on her shoulder and gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. They're thrown out. They've slammed the door. Here's some humble provisions. You're going to have to make it on your own in the real world. Out in the desert, you shall go. Wow. So Galatians helps explain this. Galatians 4, 23. It says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman, right, Hagar, and one by the free woman, Sarah. But the son of the bondwoman was according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman through the promise. You can't do it on your own. Let God do it for you, the promises of God. Very symbolic, very spiritual. God helps the outcast, and he will come through and he will protect Ishmael. Verse 15. When the water in the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. 16. Then she went and sat down opposite him, about a bow shot away, kind of shooting an arrow, that distance. For she said, do not let me see the boy die. A prayer for help. Like, God, I can't bear it. He's my only baby boy, my only son. He's this teenager. I had high hopes for him, and now we're thrown out in the desert. We're out of water. We're dying of thirst. And I can't bear to watch my son die. 
So I'm going to separate a distance. I'll put him in the shade and I'll watch him from a distance because I can't stand to see him suffer. And she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. She's crying for her baby. 17. God heard the lad crying, the teenage boy, Ishmael, right? He's crying too. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. God hears the tears and the pleads of children. Even teenagers, they can be difficult. <laughs> but God cares. God's not cruel. One must stay and one must go, but God will still take care of Ishmael. And he hears his cries. He sees his tears. And God has come down. 18. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand. For I will make a great nation of him. Nations will actually come. Nations, the uh, Arab nations, come through Ishmael. And they take a great pride in tracing their roots all the way back to Father Abraham. Verse 19. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. God comes through. Sometimes the answer's right in front of you, but you need God to see it. He must open your eyes. He provides a way. He takes care of us and our kids. He hears our pleads and our tears and our cries. Verse 20, God was with the lad, and he grew, and he lived in the wilderness and became an archer, shooting bows and arrows, right? 21, he lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. So his mother was an Egyptian slave. She goes back home, if you will. You need to marry a nice Egyptian girl like your mom. I'll help you. I'll do the arranged marriage. I'll help you so you don't mess this up. This is an important decision, and I think that's awesome to have your parents help you, right? Because parents are practical. Mom, I love him. I want to get married. Does he have a job? Is he clean and sober? Does he love the Lord? No, but he's hot, and I just love him. Right? And we make crazy decisions sometimes. We need our parents' help, right? So arranged marriage is not always so crazy. Arranged marriages have almost no divorces. I've had friends that have had arranged marriages from other countries, and very rarely do they divorce. Make peace with your neighbor. Verse 22. Now it came about at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. 
Now they have a history, I don't know if you remember, but when Abraham met this powerful king with his army, he said, she's my sister. I know she's gorgeous and beautiful and you want to marry her. She's my sister, don't kill me, I'm afraid, right? And then this king Abimelech, he marries Sarah and God intervenes and you better not touch her, I'm going to kill you, you better give her back. And he gives all this money, right? We just had this in the chapter before. So they have a history. So Abimelech knows that Abraham walks with God and God protects him and blesses him and he wants to make peace with him. Verse 23, now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my offspring or with my posterity, but according to the kindness that I have shown to you, you shall show to me and to the land in which you have sojourned. Remember, I was good to you. I gave you your wife back. I gave you all that cattle and livestock and presents, and I treated her good. And I gave her like a thousand pieces of silver, was it? I, all this money. I did you good. Now you treat me the same way. And my family, my descendants. 24. Abraham said, I swear it. But Abraham complained to Abimelech because of the well of water which the servants of Abimelech had seized. So here Abraham's clan worked so hard to dig wells and this one well was stolen by the servants of Abimelech. I want my well back. You know, we're going to have peace. Let's do things right. We're going to be neighbors. Let's work out the fence, right, and the dogs and be nice to each other, right? God wants you to make peace with your neighbors, right? Don't be at war. Work it out. Send them a present. Tell them you're sorry, right? Make a promise, 26. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. I'm ignorant. I don't know what's going on. And you did not tell me, nor did I hear of it until today. I didn't know that my little boy like hurt your little boy or that my dog chased your cat. And I'm thinking, but your cat shouldn't have been in my yard, right? <laughs> but you make peace with your neighbors. Verse 27, Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech. And the two of them made a covenant. Uh, a peace treaty. See, there was a history before, right? And things got kind of hairy, scary, and God said he was going to kill me because of your wife, and you lied to me, and you said she was your sister. So we make things right, and we try to live at peace with our fellow men, right? And we come in peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Make treaties, not war. 28. Then Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. 29, Abimelech said to Abraham, What do these seven ewe lambs mean which you have set by themselves? Hey, I notice you have these female beautiful white lambs, and, they're so and there are seven of them, God's number, right? Well, we're going to make a peace treaty. 
In fact, I'm going to kind of buy back my well, and I'm going to give you this gift of these seven lambs to make peace and get my well back and make things right. I had a neighbor. She said, oh, John, please, let's go in halves on the fence. I'll pay for half, and I'll pay you later. So I built this expensive fence and had it hired out and then went to collect, and she says, oh, I didn't say that. No, I'm not going to pay you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But to me, it wasn't worth it to go to war. It was better just to write it off, to let it go, because she's my neighbor, and I don't want to have a lifelong battle. And I just let it go. But next time, <laughs> I'll say, pay me half now. You know, I'm not going to just trust and wait, and then you kind of lie to me, right? We learn, hopefully, and become older and wiser. Verse 30, he said, You shall take these seven ewe lambs from my hand, so that it may be a witness to me that I dug this well. You know this was my well. I'm telling you it's my well. I'll pay you and to get my well back. I need it for my sheep and cattle. So we'll make a promise, and you accept my gift, and you promise me that this is now my well. And we end the dispute, right? We make peace. 31, therefore, he called that place Beersheba. Now, Beersheba can be translated the oath or well of the oath. This is a well that has a promise with it or well of seven. And you think, well, of seven, was there seven wells? No, I think there was seven sheep. I gave you these seven sheep for this well. And so we come up with the translation, Beersheba, because there the two of them took an oath. And remember, the oath had the seven sheep. 32. So they made a covenant at Beersheba, and Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, arose and returned to the land of the Philistines. I think it's good to make peace treaties with powerful men that are kings, and they have armies and commanders. You want to make peace with them, right? You don't want to go to war against someone that's got all this, right? Oh, well, didn't Jesus have a parable, you know, where there's this battle and the king's going to go to war and he sends in like a uh, spy and, and the spy comes back, oh no, they're bigger and badder than us and they got more troops and armies. And then the wise king says, let's make peace, right? We don't want to go to war, let's make peace. 33, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. A memorial tree. You ever plant a memorial tree? We had some children planted a Christmas tree here at the church um, for their mother who had died. And they used to come up and put Christmas presents under the tree. And sometimes I would see their little toys under the tree here on the church property, and they wanted to remember their mother with a tree. How awesome to remember God with a tree, a powerful tree. God, we plant this tree in your honor, 
and we remember you. It's like uh, making an altar. Some people do them out of stones, right? A memorial to remember. And we call upon God. Under this tree, I will commune with the Lord, read my Bible, pray, talk to God under this tree, and I will remember him and all the various names of God. And one of his names is the everlasting God. There's a scripture, it says, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God forever and ever. He will never pass away. He will be faithful to you, to your kids, to your grandkids. He will outlive us all, the everlasting God. 34. And Abraham sojourned in the land of the Philistines for many days. And of course, this is the promised land, the land of Israel. What does it all mean? Battle between two brothers, right? Battle between two wives. What a nightmare. Why did you ever take that other wife, you know? Polygamy. It never works. Have you made horrible decisions and crazy things and tried to do it in your own flesh and it becomes a nightmare? I think the point of all this is to switch to God's Son, Jesus. We've been going to the world. We've been trusting in our own righteousness and good works. We've been trying to force it and do it in our own abilities. And you need to surrender and say, Jesus, I choose you. You do it for me. Jesus, I trust in your promises in the scriptures. God, I'm going to do it your way and not my way. See, this is the symbolism of the two sons, right? Ishmael is the flesh. Isaac is the promises of God. Go with God. Go with Jesus. Jesus taught a parable in Matthew 21 of a landowner. He owned this farm, this vineyard, and he had built it and he had rented it out. And these tenants, these farmers came in and they took it over and they thought it was theirs and they didn't want to pay rent. And the owner sent his employees, his servants, collect the rent and they'd beat them up and throw them out. And finally, the owner said, well, I'll send my only son. Surely they'll respect him and listen to him and he'll come and he'll collect the rent. And Matthew 21:38 says, But when the vine growers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. You know, that old man, he's old and he owns everything. But if we kill his son... When the old man dies, we'll get the farm and it will be ours forever and we won't have to pay rent, we won't have to pay tithe, we don't have to acknowledge God, I don't need to give anything to the Lord. In fact, I'm going to take over and this is going to be my world, my kingdom, my family, my house, 
my money and we'll just knock Jesus out and everything will be us and ours. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think God the Father is going to allow you to snuff out his son and get away with it. And some people think if I knock Jesus out, then I'll be the heir. I'll get the inheritance. I'll get all the things of God. No, you've got to read the parable. Because Daddy comes back with his soldiers and his enforcement. And he punishes those evil, wicked tenants. And he throws them out. And they lose the farm. And they lose it all. You need to know who the real heir is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. If you accept Christ as your heir, then he'll bring you in. He'll share his inheritance with you. But if you choose the wrong heir, if you choose the devil, and you choose the world, and you choose men, you're choosing wrongly, and they will not be heirs to the kingdom, and they will not inherit the kingdom of God, and you will be out. You have to choose wisely the correct heir, because if you choose Christ, with him comes all the things of God. If you choose King Jesus, you will get the kingdom. And we must choose. So for the Christians that are kind of walking the fence, well, I choose the world and I choose Jesus. Jesus says, you, you can't do that. You cannot serve two masters. You will love the one, hate the other. In the end, it will be your undoing. Some Christians, I'm going to keep living worldly and try to live for God, but in the end, it will do you in. I've seen some of the most powerful Christians They've been done in by their sins. They've been destroyed by the world. They thought they could live both ways. You cannot. You must make a choice. And Jesus won't settle, right? Sarah said, oh, no, we can't have two heirs. We can't have two sons. Get Ishmael out of your life. Get him out of our farm. Get him out of the inheritance because when he grows up, he's going to try to take over. So we get him out while he's a little teenage boy, right? Maybe there's sins, temptations, carnalities, compromises, and they're little and you're playing with them and you're letting them stay in your house. You're letting these sinful things stay in your life. They're going to grow up. They're going to be big and powerful, and they're going to take over, and they're going to be your undoing. Do you see it? Nip it in the bud. Throw the little boy out. Hit the road. you got to tell that to your sins and your compromises. I want you out of my life because I choose the child of promise. I choose the things of God, and I choose the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 4.28 says, And you brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. Be like Isaac. 
Be God's promise. Get God's promises. Receive Jesus, the promised child, and be a child of promise, not a child of the flesh. Choose God's heir. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, be our child of promise today. The promised son, we need you. We put our hope in you. We believe in the promises of God. They will all come true for us through you. Jesus, we put our faith, our hope, and our trust in you. We accept your workforce, your righteousness, your cross, your blood, not our own good works, not the works of men. We do not trust in men. We trust in you, Lord God, for we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno, at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.